This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Well, increased reliance on technology, especially Internet-connected technology, has been a tremendous bonus to travelers with fingertip access to travel guides, banking, reservation information, flight updates, and more. But traveling with more technology has created a host of new challenges for people, from protecting your personal information to simply keeping everything powered up and running. So today we're going to discuss traveling tech tips. To join the show, give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email us at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. You're listening to Everyday Tech only on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. This is Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Well, today we're going to discuss traveling tech tips. It's spring break. A lot of people are out and about on the road, going out of town. A lot of people are going overseas as well on spring break trips. No longer are you just going to the coast and things like that. A lot of people are going far away. I've looked on the Internet and looked at pictures and seen people going to the Bahamas and Jamaica and things like that. Great, great, great. But you know what? We're going to talk about traveling tech tips, technology that helps you on the road and tips to help you stay safe on the road because with increasing technology becomes increasing um, responsibility. Uh, we talk about it a lot. Jeremy, good morning. I'm sorry to look, bring you in the uh, conversation. <laughs> Just good going morning. with it. Good morning, Jeremy. Good morning. Good morning. And as you know what I was going to, going for, with increased technology, uh, increased responsibility. We have a lot more technology that we use on the roads. We have apps that help us um, maneuver on trips. But with that we need more help. We need more um, uh, tips on how to stay safe, keep your kids st- safe, keep your uh, banking information safe, and the whole nine. So we're going to talk about all that today. Plus, we want to um, answer your tech questions. So, of course, Jeremy's standing by ready to help. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can always email us at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. How's the weather in Hattiesburg, Jeremy? Uh, the weather is pretty good. I, I was sprinkling when I took my dog out this morning, but uh, it, the the temperature is perfect. Yeah, like, it is. If warm. it could be this way <laughs> all year round, it would be the greatest thing ever. You like the seventy five ish in there? Seventy five, seventy one. No, no, like like sixties, sixty five. That's like perfect. Oh yeah, yeah, sixty four right now in Jackson. So yeah, we're pretty doing pretty good. I like that too. I like fall. I mean, spring and fall, the temperatures are almost similar, but the pollen. My car, you know, is black and it looks 
green. It looks yellow, it, it, a, a yellow yeah. greenish. It's horrible. I rinsed it off yesterday when I got home because I have a garage. So I come here and it sits outside all day and it gets yellow. So I don't want to ride around like that. So I rinsed it off. My my friend said, "You're gonna rinse your car off every day, <laughs> every single day." Yep. I <laughs> said, guess I, so. "I guess so." So, um, what's new in Hattiesburg? What's going on down there with the company and any uh, new tech? Um, any tech news? Your way? Well, uh, nothing too new in Hattiesburg. You know, just just slanging computers out, <laughs> fixing them like a like a computer repair factory. You know, doing what we do. Uh-huh. But um, lots of tech news. A lot has been happening in the tech world. All right, what's going on? Uh, well, you know, I mean, we we didn't get to cover anything last week, so we're like a week behind. So everybody's just going to roll their eyes and be like, "We already know about the new Samsung." <laughs> but guess oh, what? We already know about this. Maybe they don't. But, so you tell them. So right. Maybe they don't. So we're gonna we're gonna cover it for the people who uh, who are not aware. Uh, Samsung released the Galaxy S10. Uh, it comes in three different varieties. I got a little bit of hands-on time with it. I already have a Note 9, and I personally am not giving up my Note. <laughs> I really like I really like my S Pen. Uh, it works really well for what I do when I go and do uh, field work, get you know signatures and all. It's all digital paperwork. There's mm. no actual paper anymore, and that has made my life so much easier because. I'm not the most organized when it comes to paperwork. Really? <laughs> yes, indeed. So also on the brink is the Samsung Galaxy Fold, which is uh, really cool because it's the first commercially available folding display. Foldable um, phone. We were talking yeah. about that, remember, a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago. Uh, you were on the fence about that. So uh, the reason for that is because this is the first one. And the first one's usually a little hairy, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it's going to be kind of jagged. Next year, it'll be a little smoother. Um, One concern that I have in the world of phone repair is exactly how repairable is it? And is it an absolute nightmare to fix? Because it's got a hinge mechanism in it uh, with a bunch of fancy gears. And I'm just curious for us phone repair guys out there, what that means when we open that thing up Mm. i'm a little bit but other than that uh durability is a huge question because it just is a full-size screen in your hands and i mean screens fragile enough as they are so i'm i'm really curious about how that's gonna go um some uh some other tech news um we have a uh a big uh problem for intel that comes in the name of Spoiler. Uh, if anybody remembers uh, last year around January, we had a show where we talked about two threats called Spectre and Meltdown that had affected uh, all of our computers, whether it was AMD or Intel. One of those two affected those machines. Well, Spoiler is only affecting Intel. Uh, so if you have an AMD processor, this, this vulnerability will not affect you at all. But this is a major vulnerability because it, it, it's kind of in the same lines as that meltdown issue. Um, it is going to be really tough for Intel to fix this without hurting their performance a great deal. And Intel is trying to do a lot in terms of manufacturing on a smaller scale. So this little problem really comes at a bad time for Intel. Mm. You know, we talk a lot about those things on the show. Those are they preventable breaches, and no. um, they're not preventable. Uh, sort of. I mean, we have to 
trust the manufacturers to patch the issues. We have to trust Microsoft to, to patch the, the issues that it exposes in Windows. We have to trust our, our virus protection to update the virus definitions on a regular basis and catch other viruses out in the wild so that they can capture those, uh, create a definition for those, and then make those part of the database as well so our computers know how to clean it. So are there things that you can do to prevent it? Well, at this point, you can have an AMD processor. Mm. Um, that's um, – some people just already have them, and uh, I actually recommend them most of the time because the performance is – pretty close to Intel processors, and the price is almost half of what an Intel processor costs. So if you were shopping around for a bargain and you found one of those laptops, you actually did yourself a favor because this is a, a pretty big problem. It's going to take Intel a little while to sort out. Oh, man. Well, you know what? We're talking about problems and issues, but I have some lighter news in tech. Yesterday, the World Wide Web turned 30 years old. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Internet. 30 years old. Now, guess what happened? On March 12th, 30 years ago, Tim, how do you pronounce his last name? Barners-Lee. Barners-Lee. We should know that. <laughs> he submitted a proposal with a um, dreary title, Information Management. Do you remember this? How old, how, how old are you? You. Were <laughs> I was two. Okay. So, two years old when the Internet began. Wow. Now, um Fast forward 30 years, we've had Internet, we've had sites. Uh, you can go into a little more detail how it actually all began, um, Jeremy. So uh, the original concept for the Internet was more based on military reliability. Mm. Um, it was the idea that if uh, one city got bombed and they were connected with other cities, that the other cities could still communicate even though one city was taken out. Uh, that was called the ARPANET. Um, that basically evolved into what we have as the Internet. It started with a bunch of uh, larger organizations and colleges agreeing to set up these machines and tie them together. Wow. So what uh, – I'm sorry, Michelle. This is Java here in the booth. What, who did you say um, was the – Creator. The creator? Tim Berners-Lee. That's not that's not the same name as Al Gore. I thought Al Gore was the internet. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. But you know the you internet. Know what's crazy, guys, mm -hmm. is that there's like a whole generation of people listening right now that mm -hmm. don't get that joke. <laughs> that's don't. bizarre, isn't it? That is. That is. And speaking of generations, I mean the World Wide Web. It, it began over thirty years ago, and and web. Creators and portions have come and gone. They've made us laugh, cry, cringe, waste time, find friends, things like that. The World Wide Web has changed the world. I'm glad it came. I am glad it came. It changed the way we study. It changed the way we uh, take tests. It changed everything. Don't you think? Everything. Don't you agree? Yes. Oh, yeah. It, it took the business world and just, just shook it up. It and really we're did. still... We're still seeing the effects of that. Uh, there are big box stores that are closing their doors every day because they just can't compete mm. with the 
convenience of online shopping. And these days, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I work all the time. So if I can just shop on my phone and have the food sent to my doorstep and all I got to do is click a few buttons, that's way better for me than having to go out and do it physically when I just don't have enough time. True. Um, you know how I feel about that. I'm on the fence with that today. I still like the experience. I don't want the technology to overtake the experience of doing things myself. So I enjoy shopping. I enjoy looking at the especially holiday time. I enjoy going out there and doing that. But like you said, some people's the way their lives are set up, <laughs> they're they're too busy. So the convenience aspect of it helps a lot. Speaking of convenience, let's talk about one more story before we go to break. Cars and traffic signs are talking to each other, guys. <laughs> Java, what do you think about this one? They're talking to each other. I know um, on autocorrect, uh, Liz talked about this a little bit, but uh, Jeremy, let's go into more detail or on, and how the uh, auto makers are doing this. How are they getting cars to talk to traffic signs and, and et cetera? Uh, so basically, um, this is a system that will communicate with the car and basically let it know what's going on further down the road. So it'll be able to uh, efficiently plan its trip based on when it's going to have to stop. You know, it'll slow down before it gets to the red light. That way it doesn't have to stop completely. Um it's using Wi-Fi and GPS like everything does these days, uh, but it will help them avoid unnecessary starting and stopping. Um, it will help with uh, emissions um, because when your vehicle is idling, it creates more emissions than when it's in motion. Mm -hmm. So the idea of the system is to try to keep it from idling as much as possible. Um, and it could also help improve uh, safety because there will be uh, sensors that um, – can communicate with the vehicle to send a message that, you know, there's somebody on the road, uh, there's a bicycle here. Um, it, these things will be updated in real time. That's neat. And so, so it's yeah, Volkswagen, yeah. Honda, Ford, and BMW right now are experimenting with this technology. Now, Ford is taking it a little further. The company unveiled technology earlier this month that allows cars to communicate with each other when going through crossroads. So not just your car can, can communicate with the stoplights and things like that. Cars are going to be able to communicate with each other. That is cool. <laughs> That's and, that's this is the beginning of the the automated driver. Mm -hmm. uh, once once this is perfected, we will literally just go sit in our car. It'll probably already know where we want to go. We'll probably have told it with our phone, and then boom, off we go. Wow, uh, this, this seems like the Jetsons' time is here. It's here. <laughs> they said Still uh, no floating cars. No floating. But, well, they said the, we're getting close. Right. Uh, they said if you went to the CES this year, you saw a lot of floating cars. You saw a lot of uh, uh not um, autonomous cars, cars driving themselves a lot there. So I mean, they're working on it right now. Well, we're going to take our first quick break. And when we return, we'll begin our conversation on traveling tech. Now, tech tips for your road trip and beyond. Now, if you have a question or comment or just want to be a part of our show, give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email us at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Stay tuned. This is Everyday Tech, only on MPB Think Radio. MPB would like to thank Daniel, Coker, Horton, and Bell and the Mississippi Healthcare Alliance for underwriting MPB programs. Your company can be an underwriter, too. Find out more 
Go to mpbonline.org slash underwriting to find out how. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. This is MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Everyday Tech, the tech show for everyday people. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Jeremy Thompson via Skype. And today our topic is traveling tech, tech tips for your road trip and beyond. Plus, we're taking your personal tech questions. So give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can reach us by email at everydaytech at mpbonline.com. Dot org. Now, talking about traveling, I know, Jeremy, um, you went overseas. Um, yeah, and a year ago. Actually. A year ago, and that was so interesting. Um, you talked about a lot of tech that you used on your trip. We're going to actually talk about some of those items that you used on your trip because you did go out of the country. Now, when you're embarking on a road trip, there's a lot you can there's a lot you can do to make the whole thing more pleasant and likely go smooth. It's not just a matter of having a gallon of coolant or quart of oil nestled in the trunk with a reliable jack or a spare tire. Now, surprisingly, the tech you bring on your trip can make a big difference to the quality of your trip as well. So let's talk about going hands-free. Almost what we just talked about, about the cars driving themselves almost, but uh, not that to that point. But um, let's talk about going hands-free, Jeremy. So when we talk about hands-free, we mostly talk about Bluetooth. Now, it is possible, of course, to have a headset that you plug into the uh, headphone jack on the bottom of your phone. Uh, but when we're in our car, we want to try to reduce as many wires that are between us and the steering wheel and the phone. Uh, it can just become an ugly situation. So we mostly talk about Bluetooth. Uh, these days, your your modern vehicles always have Bluetooth built into them. They've got it built into where you can control right there on the steering wheel. Um, but there are also Bluetooth headsets that you can use. And um, even for people that do not have any sort of Bluetooth in their vehicle, there is an adapter that you can get now that will plug into the auxiliary port on your radio uh, that will allow you to use Bluetooth in your vehicle. For example, I have a Toyota Celica, which hasn't been made since 2004. They never made it with Bluetooth because Bluetooth was a joke back when that car was invented. <laughs> uh, it, it, Bluetooth headsets lasted about two hours. I remember testing one and being like, yeah, yeah, there's a future for that. Okay. <laughs> but um, I got a little adapter off of the internet, and it cost me about 10 bucks, and it allows me to just connect any Bluetooth device I want. And I usually use it for listening to music. I don't use it for talking on the phone. I use a headset for talking on the phone. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to our vehicles, hands-free is essential so that we can focus on the road, so that we can have our hands on the wheel, so that we can be alert and safe driving at all times. Mm-hmm. Now, what about the reli- a reliable phone holder? Because the worst thing that can happen is you can't find your phone. You don't want to start looking around, looking for it while you're driving, get distracted, or it falls down where your feet are and it can, it can get wedged between your brake or your uh, you know, um, gas. That is so dangerous. A reliable phone holder is very important. And you also, uh, I've even tried this myself, you try to put it in your dash and just let the phone sit there so you can see where you're trying to go. But you're covering up one of your gauges or more of your gauges to do that. And then, of course, it can also just fall over like it usually does because most dashes are tilted slightly. Right, right. Um, so when it comes to phone holders, I have, I have actually tested out quite a lot in this area. I've done the suction cup. 
on the windshield, mm-hmm. which I, I think everybody out there knows that one's not a not a great solution. <laughs> um, usually, what happens is it, it works pretty well uh, until you have to turn sharply, as we do sometimes, and to avoid out. collisions, and it goes flying across mm. your dash. Mm. Um, about the same can be said for the ones that clip into your AC vents. Uh, those two are very much not up to sideways mm-hmm. movement so when you swerve they swerve with you and they come flying out and uh, they've those things have just driven me crazy because i mean I, i'm all about having a nice clean phone screen with mm-hmm. no, no scratches on mm-hmm. it and when your phone goes sliding across your dash <laughs> probably gonna get scratched no, so I actually have a name brand product that i have tested out and i thoroughly recommend it is called a clutch it and say that, say that one more time. It, Your phone kind of went out when you. I'm sorry. It's called the Clutchit. Clutchit, okay. Yes, and uh, the Clutchit is a kit that comes with a few metal discs that you stick to your device and uh, whatever else you want to stick it to, say your dash. Uh, and the Clutchit itself is magnetic on both ends, and it is. Uh, it has adjustable joints, ball joints on both ends, so that you can tilt it to just about any angle you need to on your dash. And I have swerved, I have curved, I have slammed on brakes, and this thing does not budge. Wow. Now spell that. Is it C starts with a C, like clutch, the regular yeah, word? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like clutch it. Mm-hmm. Clutch it. Now, these things we're talking about today are t- traveling tech tips for your road trip, be it spring break, summertime, cross country, or just in the state of Mississippi. A road trip will be better if you have the right tools. We're talking about that. We want to hear from you. If you have any uh, tech tips that you want to give us or any devices that you use, just like Jeremy just gave us his, uh, that actually works for you, give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Plus, Jeremy's standing by to answer your personal tech questions if you have a question. Now, what about planning to power your devices. That can be a headache with all the tech that's out there and you have all the kids have their phones. Everyone has their tablets and all these devices and then you don't have anything to charge it up. That's a headache. So what do you recommend for um, powering up, keeping your devices powered up? So when we talk about powering our devices, we want to make sure that we understand the type of power that our device needs. Um, there are newer charges that come with a designation of PD, that's power delivery. Um, those are the beefier chargers that are going to charge your, your bigger phones that have uh, huge batteries in them. Um, most phones these days, when you hook it up to the charger, it will tell you how long it's going to take to charge it. Um, if you're using a power delivery system, usually that's going to take somewhere between an hour and a half to two hours to charge it from zero to full. Um, especially with your Android devices, that's that's extremely crucial. A lot of people may get a car charger from a store. If you didn't get it with the right amperage, if you didn't get it with power delivery, then it may not be able to charge your phone while you're using it. Mm-hmm. And it may take five or six hours because it just doesn't hold it doesn't it doesn't provide enough amperage to charge the battery efficiently. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I, I definitely recommend having a car charger. 
Um, but also, I recommend having a portable battery that you bring with you because you can't always keep your car on to charge your phone. But if you go into a restaurant or something like that, you can always take the little portable battery, stick it in your purse or leave it on the table, plug your phone up to it, and it's charging while you're eating dinner or what have you. You're right. And some tips, actually, some people believe that um, bringing a power strip can also be handy on a trip because when you get to the airport or you get to your destination or places in between, uh, you may not have anywhere to plug your charge your phone. So bringing a power strip can also be handy. That's a good tip as well. So when it comes to traveling as far as airports go, mm-hmm. I actually don't – I've never had to whip out my power strip. I bring it. <laughs> I bring it. I've got it. I'm one of those people. Mm-hmm. But I've never actually had to pull out my power strip to uh, to, to tie into the community line so I can charge my laptop. <laughs> um, I've usually been able to find somewhere – to plug up and and charge my stuff. But again, I also keep the portable battery just in case uh, I need to charge my phone. It won't charge my laptop, although there are some that will charge laptops these days. Um, I I keep that just in case I can't find a spot. Um, But the the power strip is really more for your hotels. Mm -hmm. When you stay in a hotel, you really will have very limited uh, outlets, and it does help to have uh, something else to to hook it up to, just depending on kind of hotel you're staying in of course right well we have our first caller of the day of the show and of course it's our friend our tech correspondent alan good morning alan hey michelle jeremy and job how y'all doing doing wonderful how are you doing today I, i'm doing great too uh yeah i'm gonna I, I'm, I'm gonna give a travel tip from uh from the air side of things instead of the driving side of things since i, since I don't drive but uh uh I highly recommend, and I use iOS, so I highly recommend the app. It's called FlightView, F-L-I-G-H-T, then I think it's a capital D-I-E-W. And I have the Elite version. I think it comes in a couple of different versions. The Elite version wasn't really expensive, though. But as anybody knows that ever flies, uh, you know, gate information is constantly changing, etc. cetera. And, it, and this app lets you set your trip up where you can you put all your flight information into it and it makes it real easy to it'll send you notifications about how the flights are running and stuff like that and it just makes it real convenient and you don't have to worry about the uh uh you know the uh, the monitors within the airport and stuff it, it, this this has all the stuff that you need all right uh, and, and and it's it's very convenient to, to have all that you know at, at your fingertips when you're when you're when you're flying and stuff and i and i also want to recommend Anybody traveling that's staying in a hotel or, stay, or going to an airport and, and having access to free Wi-Fi, don't check any of your banking information uh, on a free Wi-Fi network without having a, a, a VPN, that's uh, Victor uh, Papa November, uh, app running on your on your phone to encrypt your what's going out. I like I like one called Tunnel Bear. T-U-N-N-E-L, and then bear like a, like a grizzly bear. But uh, I know Jeremy's got one he recommends as well. But uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, just just be careful and don't do – I mean, don't, don't be stupid when you're using your phone on a free Wi-Fi network because you of never course. know who might, who might be eavesdropping and stuff. So, right. Uh, Thank That's you. That's what I wanted to say today. Thank you, Alan. And you always give great advice. We're actually going to talk about uh, ways to prevent identity theft while traveling and Internet safety when you're traveling a little bit later in the show. But thank you for that great advice. You always come with the great tips, tech tips. Thank you again. You have a great day, okay? Thanks. Jeffrey. All right. You're welcome. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. All right. So that 
app Flight View. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a hundred percent with Alan. If you've ever been sitting at the airport and your gate changes, and it's one of those that changes from one side of the airport to the <laughs> other. Uh, depending on how quickly you knew about that, you may or may not make your flight. Mm. So it's it's a good idea to have an app like that that's going to keep you up to date. Now, of course, you know they're supposed to make announcements at the gate, but you know, have you been sitting at the airport and tried to hear what they say <laughs> over those intercoms? It sounds like uh, uh, Charlie, Brown, Charlie Brown, Charlie yes. Brown teacher. <laughs> You're like, yes. what? I mean, just was saying. Like I'm sitting here, like actively trying to listen. Like, like I genuinely want to hear what they're saying, and it's not happening. No, I don't not. even know why they have the intercoms. It is crazy. Well, when we return, we're going to continue talking about tech tips for traveling. Plus, we're still taking your personal tech questions. So give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can always email us. The address is everydaytech at MPB online. Stay tuned. You're listening to Everyday Tech, the tech show for everyday people. Only on MPB Think Radio. Traveling through Oxford or Tupelo, stuck in traffic in Jackson or Meridian, or cruising along the coast in Biloxi or Ocean Springs, MPB goes with listeners wherever they go. Your company's message can go along, too. Go to mpbonline.org slash underwriting to find out how. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for joining us on MPB Think Radio. This is Everyday Tech. I'm your host, Michelle McAdoo, with our tech expert, Jeremy Thompson. Now, if you're just joining us today's show, on today's show, we've been discussing technology and traveling, tech that helps you have a better trip, things that uh, help you enjoy your trip with your family or just by yourself. We're asking you to give us a call if you have any traveling tech tips or if you have any personal tech questions. The number is 1-800-1-877-672-7464. That's one 1- 877-MPB-RING. Got a little um, uh, misconstrued a little bit. Jeremy, I said 1-800. Oh, I heard you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what number but that was. Numbers. I know. Speaking I know. of numbers. Uh-huh. So uh, when we talk about traveling, we need to know numbers. Mm-hmm. And if we have a device that we trust all this to be in, say we're, quote, putting all of our eggs in one basket, mm-hmm. And that device fails us. What do we do, Michelle? What do you do? What do we do? Well, <laughs> a good idea is to go ahead uh, if you're if you're traveling by car, uh, knowing your route or printing out your route, mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely uh, a good idea. But mm-hmm. I also recommend writing down or memorizing important numbers, be that your flight, be that phone numbers, emergency contacts, what have you. If you don't know those numbers and that device fails you. Who do you call? So are you saying that everything is not about tech? Da, everything da, is da. about tech. Well, actually, actually, this is about tech 
failing us. Right. So you have to plan for failures. And um, I'm glad you mentioned that because, like you said, everything is um, it's about tech, but you have to plan for the non tech backups. You have to have some non-tech backups. Like if, like you said, your GPS goes out or uh, you don't know how to, we've talked about this a lot, but not knowing how to read a map, that is not good. Your navigation goes out. Um, what if the inter- internet drops and now you have three kids or four kids on a trip with no entertainment? What do you do? What type of games do you play? Oh my God, we have to play real games? We have to sing songs? <laughs> you can go back and play play the the license plate game and and I Spy and all that stuff. Exactly, things that you people used to do back in the day on a real road trip. You would have to do again. You have to plan for those things. Also, like you said, downloading and storing everything you need in your phone it can help. But if you um, download auto books, music, and podcasts, that'll help you as well on the trip instead of um, using the um, Wi Fi. Correct, having it already loaded. You talk about Absolutely. that. Um, you did that on your trip. You told you um, downloaded some um, audio books and music and podcasts that you wanted instead of relying because sometimes you're in an area that you don't have a, a good signal. That and I didn't want to stream a bunch of content and use a bunch of data while I was overseas. Mm-hmm. I was trying to keep that pretty minimal. So right. yeah, I always download all those things to to my device. That way, I don't have to stream them. So if I do lose the connection, I still have access to my stuff. But you know what's funny, Michelle? Mm-hmm. The one thing that I left what on my trip to Rome, my book on oh, Rome, my, my physical paper copy. So while I was uh. There in Rome, I actually ended up tethering my uh, my Kindle reader to my phone so that I could download the book on Rome. <laughs> was, That's funny. It was rather it was rather important, and uh, actually, technology saved me on that one because I really needed that book. There's some things that you need to know when About, you travel. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And right out the gate, uh, like uh, the first thing the guy talks about in the book was very valid when I got there. And I was like, oh, yeah, taxi scams. The book had said something about taxi scams. They were everywhere. Wow. So, again, technology helps you understand uh, where you're going in another country, their cultures and things like that. Like you said, speaking of scams, I like your segue. You didn't even know you did it. But um, how to how do you prevent identity theft uh, while you're traveling and um, making sure you have Internet safety on the road? That's very important. Long ago, people used to um, be concerned about getting mugged and things like that um, on the road. But now it's the mugging has turned into identity theft. It's a growing worldwide problem now, especially for travelers. Right. Because it's it's less violent, but it's more devastating. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when people you have some people that target travelers. So these we're going to give you some tips for traveling and just uh, not just when you're at home. You can use these tips at home as well. But when you're traveling, you have to be a little more alert. Let's talk about unpacking critical documents before you travel. So uh, you want to make sure that your wallet uh, doesn't have all your crucial documents in it. I I really wouldn't even recommend traveling with a wallet, especially – I mean I'm just going to go ahead and target Rome here. Rome is like well-known for pickpocketers. So when it comes to uh, things that you don't want taken off your person, you need to have them well secured either inside your hotel room or in a travel belt or something that you can tuck under your garments that is not easily seen or accessed. Um, 
your social security cards, your bank statements, your medical documents, things like that. I don't know why you would need your social security card while you're traveling, you know, going down to the to the to the cafe oh. to get a <laughs> cup of coffee. Uh, it just it just seems like an unnecessary document. So make sure that you empty out your what your purse or your wallet, what have you, to make sure that you're not carrying anything non-essential. Right. Now, um, Alan touched on this a little earlier, but let's talk. Uh, this is very important. Let's talk again about sharing uh, well, using shared and um, Internet connections in while you're traveling. So when it comes to an open Wi-Fi connection, uh, Wilts and I are pretty adamant about this. Um, you need some type of protection on that Wi-Fi. It is possible for someone there in the airport or the cafe or wherever you happen to be to be running software that can be monitoring everything that's going over that network. If you are connecting to secure websites, that's the ones that end in HTTPS. Uh, they usually have a green bar at the top. You're more protected. Your connection is encrypted. But it's always a good idea to have another layer of protection in between that, and that's when we talk about our virtual private networks, mm -hmm. the VPN. Um, VPNs are really easy to use nowadays. Uh, it's just an app that you get on your phone or that you put on your computer. You choose which server you want to connect to as far as where you are in the world or what it is that you're trying to do. There are some that are optimized for downloading or streaming or what have you. Um, once you choose which server you want to connect to, you literally just hit connect, and it goes out. It makes the secure connection, and then you can browse securely knowing that your data is encrypted between you and everywhere you go. Got a question. If you use a VPN, are you, uh, is it safe to go on your bank account and on work email and other sensitive sites if you're using the VPN while you're traveling, or is it just best to not go on those websites if you're on a um, um shared uh, Wi-Fi? Okay, so um, w I, there's a couple of ways I can answer this question. The The first one is, yes, it, it's technically okay for you to use uh, the VPN when you're connecting to your bank. Um, having said that, when you connect to your bank and you go to log into your account, if you are out and about and you do not get prompted for a code that comes to your phone, you need to make sure that your bank account is protected by two-factor authentication. That means that even if somebody did somehow sniff your password out, they still had to have that special code in order to actually log into your account. Because your bank is going to see that you're connecting from a foreign IP address or a different IP address than it recognizes you, it is going to make you re-authenticate. Which is a good you thing. <laughs> right. You yes, want that. You absolutely want that. It may be annoying because you're like, oh, I got to get that code. And mm -hmm. sometimes they have to call you with the code. It's worth the extra trouble versus having your identity stolen, having your bank account messed up. There's there's just a lot of different ways that that, that can go. And it's better to just err on the side of caution. Right. Now, they also talked about um, deleting all cookies and browsing history on public terminals. I know you now, talked about using those. Anyway, but if you have to use them. Okay, so if I'm going to sit down at a public terminal and I'm going to do anything, I'm going to open what's called an incognito window or I'm going to use private browsing. That means that I don't have to worry about that because that machine's not going to be recording any cookies or any browsing history while I'm on it. Um, 
every browser has incognito or private browsing. All you got to do is go up to the toolbar and look. It will say new incognito window in Chrome, and it will say new private browser in Edge. They are there, and you can use them. Um, I do not I do not recommend logging into a public terminal and doing anything super sensitive because you don't know who manages that terminal. You don't know who administrates it. You don't know if somebody could have perchance taken uh, a device and stuck it between the keyboard and the computer that captures every keystroke that goes over it. These things exist. They're very easy to hide, and you really there's there's unless you're looking for it, you don't even know what you would be trying to find. It brings up a question about libraries and using a lot of people who don't have computers uh, go to the public libraries to use their computers. Uh, that's interesting to know. I would like to talk about that a little bit more, maybe on another show. Also, a great tip which. I didn't even think about another good tip was using a dedicated travel email address. So they talk about creating a separate email for just your trip. That's smart, isn't it, Jeremy? Well, if you uh, decide to sign up for any mailing list or anything like mm-hmm. that, you will know um, who recorded your information. And then uh, a little lo- f- little further down the road, you'll know who sold your information. So that is useful information. And um, I actually just have an account that I use for miscellaneous stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really have one for each special trip. Jeremy goes to Rome <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> Jeremy flies to Denver. You know, I, I don't have anything like that. But I do have just a, an email address that I use for disposable emails, let's say. Mm-hmm. Before we go to our next break, I also want to touch base on bank ATMs. Um, they... They uh, warn against using regular ATMs like at a gas station and things like that. When you're traveling yes. abroad, use, try to use your bank's ATM. Why is that so important? Well, it is more likely that a thief or an, uh, a, a scammer, a hacker, uh, would try to uh, load a device into a, a non-bank ATM. It would be easier for them to... to Plant something on that device to steal your information because those devices aren't maintained by a specific bank. There, there are agencies that maintain those things, so it would be uh, – it might be there longer. It might allow them to steal more information. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also possible that hackers could plant something on an ATM. Somebody could even put up a dummy ATM and steal all your information. And while we're talking about ATMs and cards, when you're traveling – I highly, highly recommend against using a debit card. This is because if you do happen to have your information skimmed off of that card and stolen, your personal bank account is much more uh, yeah, open destroyed by fraud. Mm-hmm. When it comes to credit, there's a lot less liability on fraud. And one thing I really recommend, whether we're traveling airports or whatever, when you pump gas, I really don't recommend using your debit card because it's so much easier for a skimmer to be set up on, say, a gas pump and for your information to be taken. I really – I recommend against it just because when a skimmer steals that information mm-hmm. and they put your personal bank account in in 
up in arrears, it, it can be really bad for you, and it can be really difficult to recover from that. There's a lot of paperwork. There's a lot of stuff you got to do, and if you need that money to, say, pay your rent, um, is your landlord going to be sympathetic to the fact that your your identity was stolen? Exactly. Maybe. No. Maybe, but no. You know, you, you raise a, uh, a big question. Um, one of our callers last year, I think it was Alan, maybe it wasn't, but I believe it was, he mentioned that he gets the reloadable um, cards, the Visa cards, and he puts what he needs on it to pay things online and things like that. I actually did that last year. I have, a, of course, a bank account and things like that. I don't pay, I don't buy and shop with my bank account card. I shop with a reloadable card that I put the money on the card. And so I feel just better knowing that if somebody wanted to um, get that information, they'll get just a little money I'll put on it, not my entire bank account, not my uh, monthly checks. They go, You know, all that won't be compromised. That's a good thing, especially for traveling. If you want to put some money on a reloadable card, a Visa or MasterCard, uh, and travel wherever you want to go, it's a little better. Don't you uh, agree, Jeremy? Yes, I, I do agree. There, there usually is a little bit of a fee that comes with those cards as far it's as loading them. It's $4. Four, it's worth the $4 versus having your identity stolen and having your bank account destroyed. It really is. We're going to take a, our final break of the show, and when we get back, we're going to speak with Rosina from Jackson. Plus, we want you to give us a call. If you have any travel tech tips or if you have a question for Jeremy, the number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can reach us by, by email. The address is Everyday Tech at mpbonline.org. Stay tuned. This is Everyday Tech, the tech show for everyday people only on MPB Think Radio. MPB listeners pay attention to quality. They look for quality in their work and their daily lives. If your business cares about quality customers, look to MPB. Go to mpbonline.org slash underwriting for more information. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. This is Everyday Tech, the tech show for everyday people. I'm your host, Michelle McAdoo, along with our tech expert, Jeremy Thompson, via Skype. Now, if you're just joining us today, we've been talking about traveling tech and giving you a few tech tips for traveling on the road with you and your family. Now, if you'd like to be a part of the show, the phone lines are still open, so give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Now, as I promised, we're going to go to Rosina in Jackson. Good morning. Hi, how are you? Doing great. Thanks for calling in. You have a comment or a question this morning? Question, and I'm not going to say the, the word right. Two-factor authentication or whatever. Um, I live in a rural, really rural area, Braxton, actually, and I don't have a lot of cell reception, so I haven't turned on the two-factor um, uh, key on my iPhone. Do I have any options? Because I thought they should have so, a tag or something. 
So they do send you a text, Rosina, but um, once you receive the text and you've authenticated the device that you're connecting from, you don't yeah. have to get that message again on that device. You just have to verify one time, unless, of course, it was reset or something like that. You only have oh. to verify that device that one time. So oh, okay. you don't continuously have to get the code. Now, I will say um, I have a Gmail account. And I have two-factor authentication set up on it. And if I log out on a machine, uh, sometimes it does prompt me for that code. Yeah, yeah that's kind of um, what every once in a while I worry about. But I would say it's worth the extra step in security to protect your account. I know it is a little bit more of a hurdle for you, but it is a recommended hurdle. It's the uh, it's the fact that I might not get the text, or I get it twenty minutes later, and you know I've already missed that window of opportunity to get right. back I, into the system. I understand that can be a bother. Now it is possible in in. Maybe not all cases. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if they have alternate ways. Usually they have an alternate way that they can send the code to you. They can either email it to you or they can call you with the code. Yeah, I, I mentioned it to a tech I was talking to at iPhone uh, at Apple, and, and she didn't mention anything like that. So I might check another person then. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yes, ma'am. The show is Absolutely. awesome today. It, it's more than just travel. Oh, thank you, Rosina. Thank, thank you for you. that comment, and thanks for listening and supporting um, MPB. Uh, we're going to move next to Gulfport, Mississippi, and speak with Darren. Good morning, Darren. Hey, how you doing? Doing great. Thanks for calling in this morning. You have a comment or question? Uh, yeah, I wanted to talk about uh, GPS. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a toll collector, and I've watched people for three years straight drive their cars down to an old traffic pattern where they created a new highway to get to the uh, toll plaza and people would drive down to the old way because their GPS would send them that way. It took three years for the GPS to update the new traffic pattern. Wow. Okay. So So it is possible to submit a revision or a correction to uh, Google. Uh, specifically, I know this. Uh, like when, whenever the route is wrong, you can actually tell them this route was incorrect, and they can go in and reanalyze that and fix that. And chances are that's what happened. Most people just got down there and had to turn around and go the other way, and finally one person was like, you know what, I, I need to let somebody know that this is happening so it can be fixed. Um I've, I've had GPS take me uh, the wrong way several times, and I've just flagged it with Google, and they have corrected it. They've fixed addresses, all kinds of stuff. So it is possible to go in there and give them some feedback on that, and they should be able to correct that in time. Yeah. A GPS is no substitute for a current street sign. <laughs> if the street sign is telling you to go straight and the GPS is turning you to turn, telling you to turn right, you should probably go with that street sign because it's going to be more up-to-date. I, I agree. agree with that completely. <laughs> I Although agree. most of the time people are busy looking at their screen and they miss the sign. Thank you, Darren, for that wonderful tip. And, I mean, we talk about that on the show um, as well. Tech is great, but it doesn't take the um, common sense out of everything. You have to you still use common sense, correct? And, um, Jeremy, speaking of common sense, you had one last thing about uh, ATMs. 
Yes, eyes on the road, y'all. When it comes to ATMs, uh, as far as skimming goes, there's multiple ways that they can plant things on these devices. You need to make sure you tug on the mirrors. Tug on the ATM itself. I have seen videos where scammers took an entire plastic molding and stuck it over the existing ATM so that the whole thing was there to steal information. Look down in the little card slot, make sure there's nothing obstructing it, and make sure that you try to pull on anything on the ATM. If it looks odd, if it looks out of place, I wouldn't use it. (laughs) Go the other way. Run. Run fast. (laughs) Well, that will do it for us today. Thank you for supporting Everyday Tech. If you missed part of the show or want to hear past episodes, you can listen on our website at mpbonline.org slash everydaytech or subscribe to our podcast. For Jeremy Thompson, I'm Michelle. Up next is Southern Remedy with Dr. Jimmy. And join us next week for another episode of Everyday Tech, the tech show for everyday people, only on MPB Think Radio.